Welcome back, everybody. It is episode 120, unless I got the number wrong, but I don't think I did. Nailed it. Boom, starting off strong. We like it. Um, All the boys are here. James, my man, how are you doing? I'm good, man. uh, There was no lightning this week. Mm. It was just really hot out of nowhere. It was raining this weekend, and today was like 90 degrees. But weather is weather, and we won. We beat the number sixth ranked team in the state. Go Hawks. Good day. Nice. Nice. All right. We like that. Trading. Hockey season has officially started. We were like a week and a half in or whatever. How are you, my man? I am great. Um, Hockey's been interesting, but um, what I'm more intrigued about is this enigmatic football season. We have a season that have the New York (laughs) mysterious, weird, read a dictionary. Read a dictionary. Um, read the entire thing, James. Read the entire thing. Actual dictionary, um, not Google, not the Google dictionary. Another <laughs> physical hard. Um, yeah, both New York teams have winning records. Like, what the fuck's going on? The NFC West fucking sucks. What? <laughs> I'm just confused, guys. I'm very confused. It's very weird. Oh, and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers both suck now. <laughs> it happens, you know. We all get old. Uh, speaking of things that got get old, uh, the playoffs are a thing. Yeah, still, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, we'll definitely go into more detail when we get to my segment here at the end. But yeah, obviously everyone knows Dodgers out, out of the postseason again. Um, you know, got upset by the San Diego Padres. Um, sucks, man. It, it's one of those things where you know the, the I think the night of and the the the, the next day just absolutely suck and you just feel like you just never want to watch baseball ever again but i think after that initial 24 hours you just kind of get over it life moves on baseball moves on the world moves on uh and you're you I, I feel better now than i did like if we did this podcast like saturday or sunday morning it would be a very different tyler up out here but uh i feel good i'm, I'm, I'm okay i've gotten over it moved on still sucks hurts but that's part of it you know what are you gonna do yeah, Tyler, you've matured. I mean, there was definitely a time where you threw some Cheerios against the wall yeah. after the Dodgers <laughs> lost in the playoffs. So nice. uh, I'm proud of you. Um, we're just going to jump right into it. James, this is a big bye week. There are a lot of important players that are not going to be playing this week. So take us through your uh, your waiver wires. Yeah, we'll do it. But before I do that, we'll do a little fantasy update here because I know you guys love it. I lost this week, which brings me to the four and two. Tyler beat Alex. By less than 50. Tyler is now five and one. Alex is three and three. And Traden beat Eric by one point. Less than a point, actually. Terrible at fantasy. And Traden beat Eric by one point. Traden's four and three. Does that make me terrible at fantasy? Yeah. You know, that's that's what it means, pretty much. Yeah, but look at the standings. (laughs) Tyler's in first. Me and Traden are tied for second. Alex and Eric are tied for fourth. And Mike Brown, because I know you're listening to this, is one and five and in last place. Congratulations, buddy. Teams on by this week, like Alex mentioned, big names, big teams, Buffalo Bills, LA Rams, Minnesota Vikings, and Tyler's Philadelphia Eagles because he's a bandwagon fan and the Rams are losing. So now he's just an Eagles fan. That's what happens when you're a bandwagon fan, everybody. (laughs) Uh, My quarterback pick of the week, Matt Ryan out of Indianapolis, 12.7% rostered, 27.16 points against Jacksonville, 42 for 58 the man had 58 pass attempts, crazy, 289 yards and three touchdowns. 
Matty Ice might still have it. And this is kind of the first time he's shown it all season long. It feels like he's finally getting comfortable with Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce as his wide receiving options. And having Jay- Jonathan Taylor back next week, which he should be back, uh, is going to take a lot of pressure off of him because now the boxes are getting a little bit more loaded, which gives the wide receivers more one-on-one opportunities. Up next, they play the Tennessee Titans. 30th against QBs, guys. They give up an average of 25 points, fantasy points, to the QB. Alex, what do you think about Matt Ryan? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Matt Ryan's been an MVP. That was a long time ago. Um, you know, he's definitely struggled in his first year in Indianapolis, but, you know, good good bounce back week against Jacksonville last week. Um, and this is a big game for them. Obviously, inner division, you really need to win this game if the Colts want to try to, like, make a playoff push. Um, but, yeah, you're right. He's really kind of gelling with those with those wide receivers. Uh, and getting JT back will be, will be helpful. Um, you know, if anything, just for another guy to drop, drop passes off to. So, you know, if you have, uh, you know, one of the guys on buys like Josh Allen or Jalen or Hertz, go big, pick up Matt Ryan, see what happens. Jaden, your thoughts on Matt Ryan? Go big and go with Matt Ryan. That, that is, that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. I risk love it, it for the biscuit, bro. No, I get you. Uh, yeah, you're, you know, two, two of the top quarterbacks are out. I'm, I'm only merely going to give another option. Look, Matt Ryan and this guy are probably give you a solid floor. And if that's all you need to be, to, to get through, then pick this guy up. It's Jimmy G. Um, I know it's tough. You're playing Kansas city, but Kansas city is not the greatest defense in the world. Um, and we've seen Jimmy start to, you know, start to make some passes. I know he, he you know, I know he, it's Jimmy G, but it's also Matt Ryan. These two guys are very similar in terms of, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get probably 15 to 18 points either way, but you're almost guaranteed 15, 18 points like that, because that's their floor. That's what they're going to get. Their ceiling is very, very low, but their floor is high or their floor is stable, I guess. And so um, if you just need to get through this season, get, get through this week, like I do, you know, Josh Allen's on the, you know, Josh Allen's on the buy. Um, you know, pick up Jimmy G for, for us, for a, for a solid 15, for solid 15 points, um, unless Jameis Winston comes back, but it doesn't look like likely. So. I like that pick. Uh, Jimmy G was my quarterback pick last week. I think he put up 15, 16 points this week. He could have had a whole lot more guys. There's a lot of drop passes. Drop passes. More though. Uh, if it's 15 points, they'll beat out Tom Brady. Fun fact. Moving on to running backs. I got Brian Robinson out of Washington, the commanders, 50.3% rostered. 12 points against Chicago, 17 for 60 yards and a touchdown. This coaching staff loves this guy like no other. It's crazy. This is the same dude that was shot in an attempted robbery about a month and a half ago. Um, so that's crazy. That, that's a great story. He could literally fumble the ball maybe six, seven times in a row. And the coaching staff would still put him out there and run him 20 times a game. He is that guy for this team. Uh, last week, he was named a starting running back over Antonio Gibson. So Tyler, sucks for you, bro. Uh, and up next played Green Bay. We just saw this team get shredded by the Jets. And that's right, the New York Jets that Traden talked about in the intro shredded the Green Bay Packers. The fellow rookie running back we saw had 116 rushing yards. Tyler, your thoughts on Brian Robinson? Yeah, as we all know, the commanders running backs, particular uh, Tony Gibson, absolute shit show. Um, they need a guy that's going to be their dog. And I think Brian Robinson could be that guy. Um, obviously he's, you know, last week was really good. Uh, 12 points with a t- touchdown last week. Um, we'll see, you know, I think I would like to see more of a trend, but I think going into this week, it's definitely not a bad option. Get rid of 
Gibson, McKissick, those guys have given me so many headaches the last two years. For some reason, they always land in my lap. I don't want them to be in my lap, but they are. I want to get rid of them. So go pick up. So dump those guys, pick up Brian Robinson. Hopefully he's that new guy and will actually, you know, be a legitimate fantasy uh, option for you moving forward. Alex, your thoughts on Brian Robinson? I mean, what all, all things Tyler said are true. Like, you know, they love him. Obviously, um, if he hadn't gotten shot, he we wouldn't even be talking about him right now because he'd be rostered in all the leagues. But so, you know, maybe he'll have a little bit of a slower time coming back. Um, but, you know, yeah, if you have one of those other Washington running backs and are not happy about it, Brian Robinson is a good is a good pickup for sure. Um, from someone that owns J.K. Dobbins and his decided to just stop being good at football for whatever reason. You can pick up James's favorite running back, Kenyon Drake, who got a lot of work last week for reasons that don't make any sense to me, but they're playing the Browns and the Browns defense is like not that great. So if you're like really scraping and want to go big trade in Kenyon Drake, the homie going big. <laughs> I actually really love that pick. Good job, Alex. Thanks, buddy. Moving on to wide receiver, Rondell Moore, Arizona Cardinals, 44.4% rostered, 10.9 points against Seattle. Six receptions on 10 targets for 49 yards. Okay, guys. I totally get that DeAndre Hopkins is coming back this week. Like, I get that completely. But it looks like Hollywood Brown is going to be out for the rest of the season. Maybe even more. Maybe a little bit less. But he's going to be out for an extended period of time. Uh, They just traded for Robbie Anderson. It's going to take him a while to get used to the system. It's a different system. It's a different play caller. It's a different everything. Ronda Moore has been there, done that with this quarterback and with Cliff Kingsbury. The running back room is pretty depleted, guys. There's like nobody there. You know, Benjamin trading brought him up last week, was a starting running back and didn't do much. Uh, they this team needs to win and needs to win now. The only thing Cliff Kingsbury knows how to do is throw the ball. So the ball's coming out, it's going to Hopkins, it's going to Rondell Moore. Up next, they play the New Orleans Saints, who gave up about 300 yards receiving to the Bengals. Alex, your thoughts on Rondell? Yeah, I picked him up last week and ended up playing him in my other league because uh, I had an injured guy last minute and he like he did pretty well. Also, just think about the guys that are on by this week. Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, just, you know, like the top four wide receivers in football this year. So you're going to have to pick somebody up. You ju- you nailed it. Like we also just don't really know what D hop will be in his first game back. We don't know what he's been doing. You know, I'm assuming he's working out, but it might take him a week or two uh, to really get going. And yeah, you're right. The Cardinals really need a win if they're going to kind of keep keep pace with, I guess, the Rams and the Niners, even though they're not playing well. But, um, you know, and, and Rondo Moore can definitely uh, big play potential with that guy. So got to hope got to hope that he'll he'll do it. Tyler, what do you think about Rondell? Did you pick Rondell last week? I did pick Rondell last week. So, Alex, you're welcome. Um, Thanks, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> definitely a great option there. Um, you know, I personally am looking for wide receivers this week because I got both my top two guys out in AJ Brown and Cooper Cup. So I am in desperate need of some backup uh, wide receivers here. So other than uh, Rondell Moore, I like Donovan Peoples-Jones out of Cleveland. <laughs> he's only rostered in 4.7% of leagues. And in four of the six weeks this season, he's put up at least nine points. I think in a week like this, we, we, we got by wide week players and you're kind of scratching at the service for some wide receivers. This guy's a pretty good matchup that's probably going to be available. Um, week seven matchup against Baltimore. You know, Baltimore's defense has been shaky at best. 
Um, I, I, I think it's a pretty good matchup for him. Obviously, he's not their number one guy. He's probably not going to be the most targeted guy, but he's put up some pretty decent numbers consistently through the first six weeks of the season. So I think it's not a bad option, for, especially for a guy that's only, that's in 4.7% of leagues. I guarantee you he's probably available in, in yours. So, so go pick him up. So far, I've agreed with like the first two picks that the other guys have picked, and I do not agree with that. That was an awful pick, Tyler. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Oh, I can't, I can't wait till he goes off. He won't, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, moving on to tight end, Robert Tunyon, Green Bay. 27.4% rostered, 19 points against New York Jets. The 10 receptions on 12 targets for 90 yards. This Green Bay offense is always going to be reliant on Aaron Rodgers and who he trusts. Right now, he doesn't trust a lot of people, but Tunyon is somebody he trusts a lot. And you've seen it in years past. He was the go-to guy when he came to the end zone. And you don't, that's a lot of trust. If you throw the ball with five yards to go to get a touchdown, you throw it to somebody you trust that will go get the ball. The reason why he hasn't kind of been like the guy the last couple of weeks is because he's working back from an ACL tear. And I think he's finally coming back to where he used to be and still building that trust with Aaron Rodgers. And he looks like himself. I honestly expect him to be a big part of this offense moving forward. Up next, they got the Commanders, which is a dumpster fire of the team. I have no idea what's going on there. Carson Wentz is out for an extended period of time with a broken finger. Who knows what's going on in Washington? Their owner might be fired. I don't know. Play everybody against Washington. They're probably going to do well. Trayton, tight end guy, your thoughts? Yeah, man. Robert Tunyon's a huge pickup. Um, just given the fact that, like you said, you know, Aaron Rodgers is is very particular about, you know, who he throws to on, on any given night, especially if, if you start dropping passes or or whatever, you're, you're not going to get targeted. Furthermore, you got Sammy Watkins, he's banged up. Christian Watson's banged up. Uh, Randall Cobb's banged up. All those guys are, are, are you know, just not 100%. And if if uh, if Robbie is, is available to be, you know, if he's healthy and he's and he's continues to catch some catch some balls, uh, you know, and, uh, he's, he's going to continue to get targeted. And uh, we see that Aaron Rodgers just doesn't have it like he used to. It, at least it doesn't seem like that. Um, and he's, he's going to, he's going to go to what I consider his now security blanket and Robert Tunyon. So pick him up. Alex, your thoughts on Tunyon? Trayton, you know him well enough to call him Robbie. Yeah, dude. Like yeah, dude. Josh, okay. just like Joshy, man. <laughs> True. I mean, like it's, it's a good pickup. Obviously two years ago, he had a crazy high touchdown rate. And, uh, you know, I think Eric had him like number four in tight ends or something. And we all saw the regression coming and then he regressed, but yeah, you're right. Like a lot of the, a lot of the wide receiver group is, uh, hurt or not pr- producing in green Bay there. Um, but I, I do like that pick. I'm going to throw this one out there. It's kind of a shot in the dark a little bit, but Hunter Henry, for the New England Patriots, they're playing the Bears. The Bears have done well against tight ends in general in fantasy, but the, they're the Bears. Uh, and Hunter Henry, he led led the Patriots in targets last week. You know, we've seen him be a fantasy viable tight end when he was in um, L.A. slash San Diego, whenever he was there. Um, so it might be a, that one might be a total shot in the dark, but in case some of these other guys are not available and you're like really stretching for the barrel, Hunter Henry could be an option for you. Not to mention ba- Bailey Zappi is the GOAT. Except Bailey Zappi might be kicked out of a starting role when Mac Jones come back this week. That, that that that's a tough. That, that's tough. I mean, the, the quarterback guy is situation is me. I mean, how can you take that away? Yeah, he could be the next Tom Brady. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> that ends my fantasy segment. Hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you, James. Uh, as always, I hope that we are helping you guys. Um, 
but I don't want to help uh, the guys on the podcast because I need a win next week. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, we are going to take a break and then we're going to get back into hockey. Uh, Trade is going to go over the Western Conference. Welcome back. As we mentioned in the opener, we're about a week and a half-ish into the hockey season. Uh, We kind of skipped the Western Conference last week so we could uh, do our little live draft, which has been super fun so far. Uh, So trade in, Western Conference. Let's get it. Yes, sir. The first week's in the books, guys. Um, Quickly, that means one week of fantasy is is, uh, in the books as well. James, myself, and Tyler all have wins. Uh, Eric, Alex, you guys have losses. Jess has a loss. Uh, Kylie has a loss. And yeah, so <laughs> women need to figure it out. Um, <laughs> uh, week two will be very interesting. Um, I believe I play Kylie this week, so that'll be that'll be fun. Um, the in-season Stanley Cup has been kind of boring and kind of bullshit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tyler. Tyler held it for uh, the the first couple nights, and then in that back to back, he gave uh, he relinquished it to the Calgary Flames. That's Alex's Calgary Flames. They beat Edmonton, who couldn't come back and start a fucking hockey game for once, um, and held on to it. They they currently he currently has it. He's going to have it for another two nights because the Calgary Flames play Vegas. So no matter what, he gets it for two more nights. But yeah, he does have a chance to lose it. Um, I believe on Thursday night. So um, it's very interesting. He has five days of the cup. Uh, Tyler has two and James and myself have zero. Uh, We haven't had very many chances at it, James, but we will get them. Um, Okay. We're going to the, we're going to the West very quick, very fast. Like last time. Um, I, I apologize if some of the discussion does include some of the, you know, performances so far because they they have been quite interesting, but we're going to start right over in the central right at the top on alphabet in alphabetical order with the Arizona coyotes 25, 50 and seven last year, they were last in the central and 30, uh, 31st league wide. They added Zach Cassian from Edmonton, Patrick Nemeth, Troy Stetcher, Josh Brown, Nick Bugstad, and lost Phil Kessel, Anton Stroman, Alex Galchenyuk, Louis Erickson, Anton Roussel, Jay Beagle. They are playing in a, uh, college arena. So that's enough said. Um, they suck. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks uh, went 28-42-12, and 7th in the Central, missed the playoffs. Um, not- notable additions include Jack Johnson, Max Domi, Alex Talock, Andre- and Andreas Anthony Colin Blackwell, uh, Peter and Peter Mrazek. They lost Kirby Doc, Alex Debrinkit, and Jalen Strom, their entire core. They have brought it to the fucking studs. Enough said. Uh, mo- moving on to the Colorado Avalanche, uh, 59, 19 and 56, 19 and seven, excuse me. First in the central won the Stanley cup for the third time in franchise history. Um, and they did it in pretty convincing fashion. Um, notable offseason um, additions include Alexander Gorgiev, um, Evan Rodriguez and, uh, Lucas Stedlak. Notable offseason subtractions include, include Nazem Kadri, Darcy Kemper, Andre Burakovsky, Jack Johnson, Nico Sturm, and Nicholas Abakubel, 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 excuse me. Uh, Colorado guys, look, I know that you lost, um, you know, Nazem Kadri to free agency, and they are going to be having to navigate the season without their captain Gabriel Landeskog early on. But frankly, this is the Avalanche guys. I mean, I know that they they did lose to uh, to to Calgary, where Nazem Kadri now is, but 
you can't you can't discount the fact that the the Colorado Avalanche will find a way to uh to to make it into the playoffs. No problem there. It's just a matter of whether they can sweep. I'm sorry, uh, go back to back. I don't know about this goaltending situation. Losing Darcy Kemper, bringing in Alexander Gorgiev is decent. Uh, I I just I just don't know what I'm going to get. Uh, you know, they do have they do have you know the best defenseman on the planet right now. So you do have that, and their back their back end is pretty solid. So expect them to do very well. The Dallas Stars, 20, uh, last season, they went 46, 30, and 6 uh, for fourth in the Central, lost to the Flames in round one of the San Diego playoffs, and almost beat them in game seven. Um, notable offseason additions include Mason Marchment, who's looked spectacular, um, and Colin Miller. Uh, notable offseason subtractions include John Klingberg, Alexander Radulov, Braden Holpe, and Andre Sekera. The Dallas Stars are fucking good. The Dallas Stars are fucking good, guys. I know that I'm taking. I know that I'm cheating a little bit because they've played a few games already. But um, Peter DeWar has this team. You know, he's the new coach this season. He is looking. He is looking like this, bringing this team back to back to life. Um, they actually have some some goal scoring. Uh, Jason Robertson um, does have a contract, so he he's uh, he's staying. Uh, and Peter DeBoer has not missed in terms of making the playoffs and going deep in his first time with a new team. And so far, they look so fucking good. Um, they uh, even even um, the the yeah, I'm sorry, even the the players on the on the on the team are feeling it. Um, they they have a little bit more flexibility, and this team is going to be good. Guarantee they're making the playoffs. Um, and I have a feeling that they may go a bit deeper than last year. The Minnesota Wild, 53, 22, and seven. Um, they got second in the Central. They lost to the St. Louis Blues in round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I thought it would be a little bit closer of a series, but it kind of wasn't towards the end. Um, they added Philip Gustafson and um, Nick Patan. They subtracted Cam Talbot, Kevin Fiala, and Nick Delorier. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury, it has been resigned and he's ready to go. He's already getting booed by his uh, fans. So that there's that. That's interesting. Um, Karoko Prizov is back and boy, that was a scary situation, um, with the Russian government there. I'm glad that he, he was able to, to get out of that situation. Um, but you know, thank God you're here and thank God you're playing. Um, the season would, or the, the wild and the NHL would not, would not, would not be the same without you. Um, they did lose Kevin Fiala, which is a little bit interesting, although Kevin Fiala was a ghost in the playoffs. So, um, Tyler and Alex, I hope that he's not a ghost this time. Uh, <laughs> Um, Alex, you kind of wanted to talk about the Minnesota wilds. Uh, this is, this team's been kind of interesting. I mean, we've seen, you know, we, we've, we've seen them kind of come back last season and, and they were very interesting and then they kind of, you know, trailed off. Do you think that we're going to see a little bit more improvement from this team? And do you think they'll have a little bit deeper run if they even make it? Yeah. So, you know, I, a couple months ago, or I don't know how long ago, we talked about like the most boring franchises if you guys remember, and I picked the Minnesota wild, but finally with Kaprizov and his Russian, whatever the fuck he had to do to get out of there. And the, and flower, like, I think this team is, you know, one we finally need to talk about. Um, you know, I think Kaprizov has a good chance to like win an art Ross sooner rather than later. Um, that guy's, he's an absolute monster. Um, and yeah, obviously flurry has had a really tough start to the season, but I think, you know, with a, you know, they kind of had their their run with like the Parise years never really came about. They're kind of retooled and started over. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of expecting big things out of Minnesota. Like, you know, a lot of projections have them at like a one one ten points or something like they're like they're supposed to have a really good year. 
And I think they're just a team that we kind of look over sometimes um, that I think needs to get a little more attention. Assuming Flurry kind of turns it around, like it's been two games or three games or whatever. He has not obviously not played well, but like first ballot Hall of Famer, obviously has taken teams deep in Stanley Cup runs before, has won multiple cups. So like, you know, and I think a full year of Flurry and compared to less than half a season, you know, after he got traded last year should only help this team. Um, and I'm really interested to see how well Minnesota can kind of compare to like St. Louis and Colorado, which, you know, I think a lot of people kind of consider the big boys of the central. Yeah. The, the, you know, I think we're already seeing the issues of having to buy out their, their big dogs, uh, you know, including Parise in terms of a cap crunch. I mean, losing Kevin Fiala is a big loss in my opinion. And, uh, and they lost Cam Talbot too. Uh, and, you know, Mark Andre Fleur is coming off a little bit cold right now. And Philip Gustafson, uh, eh. but Hey, you know, I, Alex, I think I agree. You know, I think Mark Andre Fleur is going to, going to, going to settle back in and, and we'll be fine. Philip Gustafson has 23 career NHL starts to his name. So that's, who's backing you up. I, I'm a little bit worried about them long-term, but right now I think it's just a, you know, it's, it's, it's a little early to be, to be hit the panic button. They do have a lot of talent and they're, they're, a, I will give you this, they're a hell of a lot more interesting than they used to be. Um, you're definitely not wrong there, but I, I, there are some question marks, but we'll see how they, how they kind of manage through that. Um, the Nashville predators went 45, 30 and seven fifth in the central. They were swept by the avalanche in round one of the Stanley cup playoffs. Um, yeah, that was bad. Um, they didn't even, <laughs> that was so bad. Uh, their notable offseason additions include Brian McDonough, Nino Niederreiter and Kevin Lankinen. Lankinen, uh, and their offseason subtractions include Luke Kunin, Mac, Matt Benning, and David Riddick. Uh, the Nashville Predators signed Philip Forsberg. So, you know, Nashville has some consistency at the scoring front. That's really nice. Um, Nito Niederreiter brings a nice uh, versatility to that top six, and he has the greatest hockey name of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, bringing in Ryan McDonough, I think, is massive. Uh, I mean, this is a guy that's went, won two times in, in uh, Tampa Bay. And he's or, he's gonna upgrade that very strong blue line that's already led by Roman Yossi and Matias Ekholm. This guy brings this guy brings everything that you might need for a team, and it is such a shame that Tampa Bay had to lose him because he is a heart and soul type of guy. Um, I, I I worry about their consistency. Nashville's always been that team that kind of is a roller coaster. So you know we'll, we'll see how they can manage that. But if UC Saros can can do what he did last year. They're fucking fine, <laughs> boys. They're fine. I think that they're a little, even a little bit better than they were last year. And they might even have a little bit more goal scoring prowess. Uh, moving on to the St. Louis Blues, 49, 22, and 11, third in the Central, loss to the Avalanche in round two. Um, notable offseason additions into, include Thomas Grice and Olachari, and they lost David Perron and Villa Husso. Joining Bennington had a great playoff, and he's our guy. And, and, and uh, the St. Louis Blues have went all in. Um, Villa Husso had challenged him, but now he's in Detroit. So I guess bye-bye. Um, um, they, they have some cap issues. They weren't able to go crazy in, in free agency, but Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, they, there's a lot of young, young guys that are just going to absolutely um, help build this team up back to, you know, and continue its very strong, you know, presence in the central, uh, you know, I, I I hope they can find someone to replace David Perron. And I mean, he, he's, he's just one of those, you know, again, he's one of those, uh, you know, heart and soul type of guys that any team needs. Um, someone needs to step up and be that guy. Uh, Thomas Christ, I think will help, um, you know, Benning, back up Bennington. Hopefully Bennington can stay where he was. They are a perfect one and oh, 
this season. So they are perfect so far. Uh, Winnipeg Jets, 39-32 and 11, six in the Central, but they missed the playoffs. Uh, they added David Riddick and Sam Gagne, and they lost Paul Statsny, Eric Comrie, and Evgeny Svechnikov. Okay, um, on paper, the Winnipeg Jets are always a playoff team to me. I mean, this is a team that, you know, they, they didn't have a big overhaul, um, and they don't have a crazy crap, uh, crap crunch, cap crunch, excuse me. Um, they did bring in... Uh, Rick Bonus uh, and he, you know, d- different name. D- you know, he, he's he's very well known, very great coach. Uh, different perspective. He's he's a little bit more defensive, but this team has always just been having issues on the defensive side ever since uh, Buffalo left. Um, they do. I mean, you you got to hope that you have that motivated core and Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, um, Pierre Luc Dubois, Ehlers, Josh. Moore. I mean, that, the, I say all these names and it sounds so great, but I just don't know what what we're going to get on the defensive side. Carter Hellebuck is a perennial Vesna guy. So you got that, but you know, I'll, 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 I'll wonder what, uh, how bonus is going to, uh, you know, come in and, and, and what he's going to do there. Um, it is always a worry uh, about the Winnipeg jets. I just don't know what I'm going to get out of them. Um, that's the central. We're moving on to the Pacific, the Pacific division, starting off with James's Anaheim ducks. They went 31, 37, and 14, seventh in the Pacific, and they missed the playoffs. Notable offseason um, additions temporarily, John Klingberg. And I say temporarily because you will trade him at the trade deadline. Ryan Strom, probably temporarily. Uh, Frank Vetrano, Dmitry Kulikov, and Oli Yovoli. Maybe James knows that. So I don't even know what. <laughs> offseason <laughs> subtractions include Ryan Getzlav. He retired. Congratulations. Sam Steele, Sonny Milano. Um, Zach Aston Reese, Andre Schuster, and Vinny Lettieri. Lettieri. I knew that. Uh, this Ducks team, I think, made some clear improvements. I think that getting Ryan Getzlaff out of there is honestly the best thing that you could have possibly done. Um, I don't think he's been a great captain, honestly. And I'm, and I say that with a little bit of background knowledge. Uh, now is time for the younger, young bloods to come in. You got Troy Terry, you got, you got Trevor Zegris, Mason McTavish guys is going to be insane i'm telling you right now he's going to be insane um that is such a big pickup john klingberg i think uh i don't know how anaheim lured him considering he's one of the most coveted free agent defensemen but uh i think that he's gonna bring at least some something to the defensive court because there's literally nothing um but john klingberg is a guy that you know is you know, he's, he's, he's a real deal defenseman. He, he really is. Uh, John Gibson has, has had his issues, but uh, you know, if he can get back to his 25, 20, you know, 2015 to 2019, you know, levels, I think he'll be okay. James, I know you're very frustrated with the, with the Anaheim ducks, but you are, you, these young kids are going to get even more experience. It's another rebuild year. How are you feeling going into the season? And do you think that we are going to see even a 500 team? Uh, yeah, no, we're not going to see a Pavner team because when Fat, when Fat, when Pat Verbeek took the job as a GM, he made the comment saying he wants fast guys on the ice. And that was a mistake because what they did is that they went out and got offensive defensemen, all offensive defensemen. And they have maybe one defensive defenseman. And that is destroying the Ducks right now. They're allowing like 40 to 50 shots on goal. And they can't even get out of their own defensive side because they don't know how to play defense. And so the puck is just being shifted around and moved around. And they're just sitting there like, I don't know how to do this. And leaving sticks wide open for them to just shoot on John Gibson. 
John Gibson's finished one game this season. He's finished the one win that they have. That's the only thing. They keep pulling him because he just keeps getting destroyed and can't do anything about it. Like 90% of the goals against him are not his fault. It's the defense not doing their job. And it sucks. And there's they, they have great offense. Cool, but you can't get out the defensive zone because they can't move the puck out of there. It's terrible, man. It's it's a disgrace. It's quite it's quite interesting. I mean, those types of defensemen are puck moving defensemen. That you they should you shouldn't have an issue with that. But um, if if you're not able to if you're not able to turn the puck over at any in any in any sense, you're 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 swimming uphill right off the bat. So that that is going to be a little tough on the defensive side. But um, you know, these are the unfortunately the growing pains of of a team like this. Um, we'll, it'll be a wonder to see where all those, uh, veteran guys go, but the young, the young kids are going to get theirs and, and, and they'll continue to, and, you know, we'll, we'll see if they continue to, to, to grow. That's the best you can hope for when it comes to the Anaheim ducks right now. Um, the Calgary flames, woof, uh, 50, 21 and 11 first in the Pacific beat the stars in seven games. And then were eliminated in, uh, by Edmonton in five games, just like James predicted, uh, the off season additions include John. This is the most ridiculous team in the off season guys. Uh, they, they added Jonathan Huberdeau, Nazem Kadri, Mackenzie Weger, Cody Eakin, Michael Stone, and Sonny Milano on a PTO. They, he, they did not end up signing him. Um, off season subtractions include Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau and Kelly, Kelly Yonkro. Both of those first two guys were synonymous with the Calgary flames for years. And now they gone in a matter of a week over the summer and I was sitting there like, oh my God, the Battle of Alberta is over because Edmonton's the clear better team. There's no way that the Calgary Flames can can uh, recover from this. And holy fuck, did they ever recover from this? Brad Tree Living is a god. He made the most of essentially a worst case scenario. He brought in Jonathan Huberto, Nazem Kadri, Mackenzie Weger. Holy fucking shit! They are they have the best defensive core in the league. They have the one of the best passers. That's probably the second best passer. And now I'm a biased, uh, biased fan here. And they got Nazem fucking Kadri, who now has to play Connor McDavid three times and piss him off that much more. The Calgary Flames are going to be a force to be reckoned with, but are, is it going to be enough to get them over the hump? That just remains to be seen. Just please, for the love of God, hockey gods, please give us another battle of Alberta because holy fuck, what a ride that was. Um, to eliminate the Calgary Flames the day before my wedding was nothing short of chef's kiss amazing. Um, so that, that is a memory I'm always going to remember, um, <laughs> moving on to the Edmonton Oilers, my team who went 49, 27 and six second in the Pacific, they beat the Kings in seven games from behind. My asshole was clinched big time when it came to that series, boys. Uh, you guys almost upset us, uh, uh beat the flames in five after a pretty bad uh, opening game. And then we were swept by avalanche. We don't talk about that. Um, notable offseason additions include Jack Campbell, Supi, Matthias Janmark, Ryan Murray, and Calvin Picard and Jake Fertanen on a PTO. Thank God we didn't sign him because he's a piece of shit. Uh, notable offseason subtractions include Zach Cassian, Derek Broussard, and Miko Koskinen. Thank God. Um, good news is you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, they are the two best one two punch in the league. Uh, Connor McDavid is the best hockey player on the planet. Um, Vander Kane's back. Uh, the, the Edmonton Oilers have a lot of cap issues. That's a problem. But bringing in um, Jack Campbell because Toronto shipped him out. Um, and I think he's pretty upset about that. And he's going to be playing, um, you know, to, to prove a point, um, I think is I, I think is huge. Um, I think we if, if, if the Oilers did anything, they upgraded the, the goaltending. And that's the most important thing. 
um, the Edmonton Oilers are going to be battling for that top top seed in the Pacific by my uh, by my estimation. Moving on to Alex and Tyler's Los Angeles Kings. Last year they went 43-31 and 8 for third in the Pacific, which mean and they made the playoffs. Um, and I think most of us said surprising fashion, at least from the early onset of the season. Um, but they were eliminated by Edmonton in seven games in the first series. Uh, holy crap, what a what a, what a series. Um, notable offseason additions include Kevin Fiala is really it. Um, they lost Dustin Brown. I believe that was to retirement. Um, Dustin Brown, congratulations. You are just an absolute hero uh, for for any Kings fan. Um, I'm sure everybody loves you. I miss you. I think you I think you were just a hell of a hockey player. Um, Oli Mata and Andreas Anthony this Kings team is a little bit different than their team um, up the, or down the freeway. Um, you know, they ended their, their three-year playoff drought, took the Oilers to the brink. Um, Drew Doughty did not even suit, you know, didn't really get to suit up for that series. So that might have, that might've done some stuff, but we saw, you know, we, we saw some guys really step up and um, Tyler, this is a team where I thought they would take a, a little bit longer than it did. And Holy crap, the Kings are back. Um, he got some, you know, you got Sean Dersey, who's an absolute fucking stud, in my opinion, although he did get kind of, you know, exposed uh, early on in the season so far. But man, was he a force to be reckoned in that first series. But how are you feeling about your Kings going into the season? And are you expecting another playoff berth? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, obviously, the start of the season has been a little concerning on the defense goaltending side. It's been pretty shit, but we're putting up a lot of points um, and, we're, and we're scoring. I think a big, a huge reason why the Kings took a big leap forward last year was the breakout season that Adrian Kempe had. Um, and so far this season, he's off to another great start. I think he's already got two, maybe even three goals already um, um, this season. Um, so if he can continue to put up that kind of production, even take a, a leap forward, um, that's going to be huge. I think he's going to be the guy to kind of lean towards. Um, I think uh, Fiala is a great a, a, a addition. Having a healthy Drew Doughty, I think, is the biggest component to this season. If he can be healthy and, 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 and kind of hone in that defense, which, like I said, off so far this season has not looked fantastic. Um, I think that's going to be key for us, not just with the regular season, but moving forward to, into the in, into the playoffs. I expect this Kings team to return to the playoffs 100%. Um, I don't think there's any reason that why they can't. They didn't really lose anyone of significance. I expect the young guys to continue taking a leap forward and get better. Um, like I said, we, we still have, uh, you know, even though Brown's retired, um, we still got Kopey, Dowdy, Quickie, um, a lot of guys that have been there, done that. Um, so I think it's a good mix of, um, of, of veterans, young guys only getting better. Uh, Quentin Byfield, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what, what he's going to do um, this season. So there's a lot to be excited for. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of expectations. They're, they're, they're unproven in a lot of ways. They still have not won a, a playoff series. So that's going to be the, the, the big thing. Can they take another leap forward, win a playoff series, you know, possibly m make a deep run. I think that's what you want to see, but I have no doubt in my mind that this is a playoff hockey team. The only thing I worry about when it comes to LA is, did you guys know that Vegas is actually good or did we forget that from last year? <laughs> because yeah. <laughs> they are fucking good they had like so many um injuries and now it looks like they're back and fucking jack Eichel's back and i'm fucking shaking in my boots um that's the only thing i'd worry about from for la but that that doesn't mean that they don't deserve a wild card spot so so uh but i think it's going to be a battle to get into that pacific spot to be honest it was with with them being injured so that that's all that's the only worry i have but at the end of the day if 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 those young bloods can continue to grow i need to see more from quentin byfield i really need to see more from him 
Um, this is a big year for him. So we'll see how we'll see how they go. Uh, the LA Kings, though, are, are will be a thorn in anybody's side of uh, throughout their the entire West and throughout the entire um, you know, NHL at this point. Uh, moving on to the uh to the neighbors to the north, the San Jose Sharks. They went 32, 37, and 13 for seventh in the Pacific. They missed the playoffs again. Notable offseason additions include Steven Lorenz, Oscar Lindblom, Luke Kunin, Aaron Dell, Matthew Benning, Evgeny Sveshnikov, and Marcus Nutavara. Um, so they, they lost Brent Burns, um, as we mentioned back two weeks ago and Aiden Hill, Mike Greer seems to have a clear vision for this team. And, uh, you know, I think he was pretty bold bringing in the guys that he did. Um, I don't think there's a lot of pressure for them to make the playoffs. I mean, they've already, look, they haven't missed the playoffs much in their, in their tenure since, since, you know, they've been a team. So yeah, you know, I, I think that one more year, if that means, you know, setting, setting it back and, and, you know, resetting a little bit is going to, is, is good. Eric Carlson being there and in, in his performance lump has just really hamstrung them. So I, I just worry that the San Jose Sharks are going to be a bottom feeder in this division, but I think it's going to take a little bit of time for Mike Greer to settle in his vision and, and, and move it forward. Um, I, I, you know, I don't think he has much of a, uh, much of a choice at this point. You got to do what you got to do. Um, moving on to the Seattle Kraken 27, 49 and six in their inaugural season, eighth in the Pacific and they missed the playoffs. Um, they added Shane Wright, Andre Burakovsky, um, Oliver Bjorkshire, Justin Schultz, and Martin Jones. Then they lo- lost Victor Rask. Matthew Beniers was a huge uh, pickup for this team, um, and, and I think he's going to be a massive prospect for them. He already kind of has. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think he's, I, I think he's, I think he's setting this team up to to have a great core in in, in a while. Um, I, I think that, you know, the Kraken are going to be struggling to improve, but I think they are going to be imp- an improved team. I think they're going to get better goaltending. I think that you're going to get, uh, this is now their first year now being able to build this team. You know, the first year you get all these old guys and then you sell them off at the trade deadline, you get all this draft capital, and then you really can do your build. Not like Vegas did, but like it should be. And so is Seattle going to make playoffs? No. But are they going to take a step forward and actually tr- and actually start to build this team? Yes, this is the first year, um, and Seattle's just going to continue to to try and get better and better. Um, moving on to Vancouver Canucks, woof! They had a bad start. Holy fuck! Uh, 40, 30, and 12, fifth in the Pacific, missed the playoffs. Um, they added Ilya Mikheyev, Andre Kuzmenko, Curtis Lazar, and Danny DeKaiser on PTO. I'm not sure if they signed him. Notable subtraction to could Brad Richardson and Juho Lamico. Bruce Boudreaux is behind the bench again this season, and it has not gone well early on. Um, I believe that they've started their first three games with losses after giving up the lead in all those three games. So pretty fucking rough, um, but it's Boudreaux. We, we all know that, you know, the the, fan, the fans love him, the, the team loves him. So he's he just needs to settle them down a little bit. Uh, Elias Pettersson needs to, you know, needs to step back up. Um, you know, Thatcher Demko, I think, is going to if 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 um, you know he can figure it out. I think that he's he's a Vesna tro- uh, Vesna Trophy finalist this season. I'm going to tell you right now, um, but it's going to be up to the rest of the team to um, to help him out to get to that playoff spot if they can make it. It the Pacific Division got better, and they may not have, and that is a problem. Um, they have a lot of work to do. Um, the finally to to end the. All, all of the NHL review and preview for the season is the Vegas Golden Knights who went 43-31-8 and eight for fourth in the Pacific and they missed the playoffs for the first time in, in franchise history. They added Phil Kessel and Aiden Hill. They lost Max Pacioretty, Matthias Janmark, Byron Froese, Michael Hutchinson, and Dylan Coughlin. The Vegas Golden Knights are fucking good. Um, Jack Eichel looks fucking good. 
<laughs> Did we forget that he's actually really good? I don't, I think that we forgot, you know, what this guy has capable of. I think that bringing in Phil Kessel, who looks very good in that Jersey, who looks very good on that team. Like the, the I know that the biggest problem is, is that they have injuries and, and they, and they're in the same issue that they have now. They have, they have major cap issues, but they seem to always figure out how to, how to make it work. If they can stay healthy, I don't see how this team misses the playoffs this time. I, I just, I just don't. Um, and, and that is a, and that is a concern uh, for all of us in that division. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, if they can stay healthy, they are going to be a force. Um, and they already have been, they are a perfect three, zero on the season with a five goal differential, five, uh, five plus goal differential. That is the West. However, before I sign off on this segment, we're going to go around the horn and ask who's going to the playoffs. James, who's going to the playoffs, buddy. Central abs, obviously. And then I got the stars. Like you've been talking about the stars are, the stars are good. Uh, for the Pacific, I got the Flames and the Oilers. You're welcome. And then uh, my two wild card teams are the Blues and the Knights. Yo, there's three. There's three in each division. Well, give me a second because I got to look some shit up. Ah. <laughs> my bad. Right. Let's move to Tyler. All right. Let him, let him All right. Central. Um, I'm going to go Colorado, obviously. Dallas, I like your pick. Um, I'm going to go Nashville. Is gonna is I, I I like Nashville a lot this year. So let let's go Nashville with the beats third. that St. Louis in the division. Okay. Yes. So don't worry, St. Louis coming back. Just give me a second. Uh, and then in the Pacific, uh, Edmonton, Calgary. I'm gonna pick my Kings to go with the, with the third spot. And then the, my two wild cards are Vegas and St. Louis. So the Wild are on the outside looking in. This is the interesting thing about the West is like. There's a good team that's going to be sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, I don't uh, James, do you need a little bit more time? Yeah, I'm gonna, actually, no. So all the teams I'd mentioned before, right? Because yeah. there's, there's three each side, honestly. Uh, I'm going to add the Wild, and then okay. I'm going to add the Kings. Add the Kings, and then your Wild cards? Or, no, that, so the Blues are going to be oh. in for the Central, and then the Knights will be in for the Pacific. Got and it. the Wild cards are going to be the Wild and the Kings. Got it. Wow, okay. Uh, so who... Is that Nashville on the outside looking in? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, that's the. I mean, that's the biggest question mark is, yep. is what side on the Central's on the outside looking in, if any. Alex, who do you got, bud? Yeah, for the Central, I have Colorado, Minnesota, and St. Louis. Okay. Uh, in the Pacific, I have Edmonton or whatever, uh, Calgary, and the Los Angeles Kings. Wild cards are the Knights and the Stars. So Nashville is on the outside looking. Nashville's in. on the outside looking in. Okay. Um, I have Colorado, Dallas, and I'm going to say St. Louis. I just think that St. Louis is always going to be in there. Um, and I'm going to say uh, Calgary, Edmonton, Vegas in the Pacific. Uh, and my wild cards, I mean, this one's the tough one. I think that we are going to see Nashville, and I think we are going to see L.A. in that last wild card spot. Um, that means the Minnesota Wild are on the outside looking in. I, I just have too many question marks, but I do love – the uh the the support that alex is giving them because someone because they do need it on this podcast (laughs) um but that is the entire west that is the entire nhl uh previews we are going to start off with uh you know holy puck things holy puck whatever um starting next week unless i'm hosting and if i am then the next week after that all right trading thank you yeah we are done uh obviously powered through those so appreciate that 
Uh, we are going to take one final break, and then we are down to the final four of the baseball playoffs, and we'll go over what happened and what's going to happen. We are back, everybody. We are on to the championship series. There are four teams left as of like three hours ago. So, Tyler, what happened in the DSs and what do we got going on in the CSs? Oh, boy, oh, boy. October baseball continues to prove it's it's, it's, it's the best of times. It's the worst of times. It's, it, it really is quite the quite the experience. Um, let's let, let's recap quickly what's what's happened since our last podcast Let's recap the division series. So let's start in the American League. Um, the Astros took took care of business there with the, with with the Mariners. They swept them in three games. The Mariners, I mean, their first postseason game in twenty years. They don't even score a run, and they played two full games. Essentially, they went eighteen innings. Could not put up a run. Uh, Seattle brought the energy, but Alex, man, if if you were in that crowd, a Seattle fan, like. You're there 18 innings pleading for this team to score a run, 0-0 ball game. I mean, is that a game you feel like, you know, like you're proud to go to, or is that just going to be just a bitter taste in your mouth for like ever? I mean, I think because it's Houston and they're a juggernaut, you have to be like, okay, you know what? We made the playoffs. We won a series. Yeah, we lost to Houston. I think you can be okay with that, or I hope you can be okay with that, Seattle fans. I have a feeling everyone that's there is just like, they're still tired. Like they're oh, just exhausted. Yeah. Cause I was, I was watching that game and they were on their feet the entire time. So like they were rocking. Um, but yeah, it just kind of proves that like, it's been kind of a theme in baseball this postseason. like can't get timely hitting. It's only about homers. Uh, and you know, Seattle just c- couldn't hit one out first and then Houston did. And then they lost. And it was like, oh, okay, one nothing. We played two full games. Cool. Okay, bye. Yeah, it was crazy because you know, obviously, during with the with the rule changes, having that extra runner on base and extra innings, we haven't seen games like this in a while. We kind of forgot that's how baseball used to go. Sometimes it just be these super long extra inning games. So in the postseason, we kind of get that taste of that a little bit. Um, so that's kind of fun to see. But yeah, so the Houston Astros, the number one seed in the American League, move on. They sweep. Um, in the other division series between the Yankees and the Guardians, this was the only one that went a, a full five games. It just concluded, as Alex mentioned, like three hours ago. Uh, the Yankees did end up winning game five, uh, five to one, uh, pretty, pretty handily there in, in game five. The, the, the Guardians put up a good fight. Uh, they won games two and three in an, an incredible game three walk-off uh, comeback win in the bottom of the ninth. Probably one of the best, if not the best postseason moments we've had so far this season. Uh, so Guardians put up a good fight. Uh, but ultimately the Yankees did come out of that series. Um, so we got, you know, the one and two seeded matchup in the American league, which is the exact opposite in the national league, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, but James, you know, kind of comparing the, the, the upsets in the national league to the favorites winning in the, in the American league, obviously that that's, that's what October is all about, but kind of what, what do you like better? Do you like seeing upsets better? Or do you like seeing like, you know, for example, in the American league, we got the one, two matchup, which is kind of what everyone wants. Do you like seeing that or do you like kind of more the National League side where we got the bottom two seeds who are two Cinderella stories kind of going at it? Kind of what what do you as a fan kind of like to see better? I, I think it really just depends on the kind of person you are in your upbringing, but I really enjoy the underdog story. Um, watching teams that didn't get a lot of love or were countered out, but here they are doing their thing, 
winning a lot of games and playing October baseball is really cool to see. And yes, you're if you listen to the podcast last couple of weeks, you'd be like, but James, you hate the Phillies. That's not true. I kind of hate the Phillies, but now I love the Phillies because they're playing in this <laughs> big game. Uh, so I'm all for the Phillies now. Like it's it's really cool. It's just teams when they when they surpass expectation, especially when there's little or none expectation for them, and they do what they're doing now is really impressive to me. So I love an underdog story. All right. Um, I think everyone was an underdog, you know, objectively, like as much as I hated seeing the Padres beat the Dodgers, like as the story and as for baseball, I think that was a really cool moment. Same with the Phillies. So let's, let's go to, to, to the national league side of things. As I mentioned, the exact opposite we got in America, we got two huge upsets that happened. Uh, the Phillies knocked out the defending champs, the Atlanta Braves in four games series. Wasn't really even that close. I mean, the Phillies look so good trade and like you know i i we kind of said this phillies team you know kind of a little bit of a dark horse but we no one i think really honestly believe that but man have they come out in the postseason and they've looked phenomenal uh they're current so game one is going on right now as we're doing this podcast they're up two nothing and it looks like the eighth inning uh in game one in the in the nlcs uh are you are you fully on board this phillies bandwagon yeah you know why because they know how to play offense it seems like every team, every team that's that's been out is because they've failed to find runs. They failed to 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 score. I mean, it you saw it with the you saw it with all the you know all these teams and these guys have put up seven in game one against uh, the Braves. They didn't put up any in game two, but they turn around and give up and put up nine and then put up eight. Like the for games that they've won, they've they have complete like scoring. If you score seven runs consistently, you're gonna win. That's that's a reality. Are you going to every time? No, but they have so far, except one. I mean, and and if and if offense is and right now they already have two against you know against the the Padres. No, are they gonna get seven? No, but they're finding their they're they're finding their way to find to to get runs, and I think that that's the difference between this team and the teams that they played, the teams that they played may have, you know, they may, they could have great pitching, but if, but if, if the, you know, if, if you're outscoring, it's, that's the name of the game, baby. And, uh, and their, their bats are just hot, hot, hot right now. And I'm all on board. Love it. Uh, got it. You know, it, it seems like almost every year, uh, you know, we get that wild card team that just fucking figures it out and they just play right at the right time. And I feel like almost, it's like almost every year, in either the the ALCS the ALCS or the NLCS, we have a wild card team that's in it. It it, it it's it's always great to watch. And this year we get two. So um, Alex, my boy, my fellow Dodger fan, we're 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 gonna vent a little bit um, about the Dodgers right now. So obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, the the Padres had the huge upset. Uh, they were able to slay the dragon, so to speak, in our Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, in, in four games and, you know, game one, it looked great. And then the next three just shit hit the fan, you know, kind of what do you pinpoint? Like what, what's the reason you feel like the Dodgers lost this series and kind of moving forward before we get to the, you know, the, 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 the Padres side of things, we're going to talk about the Dodgers just for a little bit here. Kind of, where do you see this team? Like, what do they need to fix? Like what are, what are the answers to this consistent problem? The Dodgers seem to have where it just seems October baseball, it just seems so fucking difficult to win for. <laughs> Uh, I mean, obviously they couldn't hit with runners in scoring position. Um, I think they were two for 26 or something like that during the series. I mean, if they had had three more hits, if it was five for 26, 
they might have swept like the games were that close. They really just needed like one or two more big hits and they couldn't do it. Um, I don't know if it was injuries. I don't know if it was the time off and they, you know, their timing was fucked up, but like a lot of those guys, like just couldn't, they just couldn't do it. Um, and honestly, like the Padres did, that was the difference. Like the Padres got the big hits when they needed to, and the Dodgers didn't, uh, to fix the postseason thing. No fucking idea. Uh, I mean, I think problem number one is like they're taking out guys too early, um, relying too much on the bullpen, uh, especially in game four to like Tyler Anderson had the best start out of all of them. Like no doubt, like he was mowing them down. The Padres were not making good contact. I think he was at like 81 pitches through five or something. You could have thrown him for another inning, you know, especially knowing potentially if you win that game, then you're going to have to go back and play game five the next day. There's no other off day to then rest your bullpen guys who are already tired after Gonsolin only gave them like four outs or something in game three. So um, I think the, you know, the, the starting pitching, the bullpen management was an issue. You know, obviously if Walker Bueller was healthy, we, this could be a completely different thing, but um, you know, Urias went five, Kirsch went five, Gonsolin went like one and a half. Anderson went five. They can't hit. Like I don't, they just couldn't hit. I'm glad they lost. Cause I would, not want to see them perform like that in the NLCS because it was brutal to watch. Yeah, I think it really came down, like you said, to just just the clutch hitting, which is really unfortunate because I will take that Dodgers lineup over that Padres lineup in any in any matchup. Like at any day, I'll I'll put my money on that on on, on that Dodgers team to to pull through, and they just didn't. Um, and a lot of people are putting a lot of blame on a lot of different people, but man, I tell you, like it, it, it's it's hard to explain. And I think for me, like the biggest frustration with it is like what more do the Dodgers need to do like from from a management perspective to build a team like what else do they have to bring in like it we just, talked about it already we need to go full villain and go sign Carlos Correa let's do it full villain I'm in yeah so that's where we're going but Traden has a thought what do you got well you know you know me I always have to equate it to 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 a hockey thing this team to me is very similar to the to to how the maple leafs are in that they have a for some reason it feels like they have a bunch of guys on their team that think they've already accomplished something you guys have i mean you guys have won one in the last 10 how many guys how in the last 10 years or something how many times have you been in the playoffs in in those years like almost every time i mean to not get over the hump with this with this type of group means you have the wrong core you don't have the right group. You have a guys that aren't hungry enough to win when it matters. You won a hundred. These guys won 111 games. Whoop the fucking do. The Phillies won like 82 and they are beating the Padres who you just lost to. I guess the point is you need, maybe, maybe some of these guys are just, they're done. Like they're, they don't have the mentality to win. And that's what, and, you know, maybe, maybe Alex is right. Getting, being that villain, getting these guys that actually give a shit about winning a playoff game or winning a playoff series, that's what you need. You, they may not be the best guys on paper, but when it matters, they are going to play. That is the problem with the Maple Leafs. And I think that that's the problem with the, with the Dodgers. Yeah. I think, I think it's a, it's a really good point. Cause you know, you look at, you know, the difference in the game of baseball from the regular season, to October baseball is nothing. It's the same exact game. It's the same guys playing. It's, it's not like anyone's talent gets better or worse 
You know what I mean? It, it's, 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 it's the same guys playing the game. The only difference is the intensity and the fact that it matters more. So it, it, it's, it's, I think it's like, as you said, Trayden, it, it could be a mentality, an emotional thing that this core maybe doesn't have. I don't know that I, so- you're almost too good. Yeah, like one of you guys sent the, the thing that one guy posted about them being too complacent. I don't know if I would use the word complacent, maybe too comfortable. I don't know. Yes. Maybe those are kind of syn- syn- synonymous with each other, but I think this team is so good. I think they're all, they're, they're almost like too confident. And I think when it comes to postseason time, when because they've been winning all year, it's been easy for them. And then when it comes to a moment, like, you know, they, they lose game two and three, you know, and, 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 in that series, all of a sudden the pressure is on for the first time all season, there's never been pressure. Then it just kind of goes under the, it, 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 it just it explodes because they don't have that mentality of just say, fuck it. We're, we're like, we're better than these guys. Let's, let's fucking beat them. Maybe that's the problem. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not in that clubhouse. Obviously I don't know the mentality of, of these guys, but they're obviously a lot of really good players that probably, you know, intentionally or not intentionally have big egos because they think they're really good and they are really good. You know, and, and and they've proven that. But maybe when it comes down to October, it's it's that underdog mentality that I think sometimes kicks them in the ass every single year because they run into that teams that just have that fire that they just don't, they just can't match. And maybe that's the problem. I don't know how you fix that. Maybe it's just different personalities. Uh, Carlos Correa, I don't fucking know. I don't know how to have the answers, but it's certainly frustrating. And I don't know, Alex, you got anything else to add before we move on to the championship series? Um, yeah, I mean, I... I'm already kind of over it. Like, uh, cause it was just like, those were some of the, those games two through four were some of like the worst baseball games I've ever watched. It was brutal. Uh, but shout out to the Padres. Like their fans showed up granted. They had to like limit where people could buy tickets from because they knew Dodger fans would kind of take over, but Padre fans like showed up. They had a great time. And we've talked about this for years now. Like we, you know, we talked about it with the Capitals trying to get over the, over the penguins hump we tried we t- you know we saw it like with the lakers trying to get over certain hump like you got to beat the big boys and the padres did that like they came out and they did it their fans showed up like super happy for them like they finally kind of like slayed that dragon like you talked about um and we'll have to see if they can rekindle all that because it, it kind of feels like you know obviously we've seen a little lackluster performance in game one like maybe they kind of gave it all their juice and now they're kind of like what the Dodgers did with the Giants last year. Like they were fighting all season. They finally pushed through, beat the Giants and then shit the bed when they played the Braves. So hopefully for Padres fans, that does not to you this year. Um, obviously game one, not off to a great start though. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's certainly frustrating and, you know, we'll just cap it. Like I said, we move on. There's always a next year. As Vince Scully would say, there's a new day, there's a new season and we'll look forward to that when it comes next spring. But um Moving on to the championship series matchups, we're going to just real quickly kind of go through predictions, how many games, who, who, who wins it. We'll start in the American League, the Astros-Yankees. Like I said, the one-two seeds, this should be a great matchup. Yankees uh, back in the, in the championship series the first time since 2017. Uh, so they've got a little revenge from that 2017 Astros team. We all know what happened there. The Astros, I just believe this is the sixth consecutive ALCS that they've been to, which is super fucking annoying, but you've got to give them credit. They're consistent. They win in the postseason. Uh, they, they just always seem to be here. Um, so who do you guys got in this series? How many games? James, Astros, Yankees, who's going to the, to the, to the World Series? We got Astros in five. I think top to bottom, the Astros are just the better team, more consistent, like you just said. And 
I mean, it sucks for everybody else who's going to face the Astros, but Justin Verlander had his one bad game of the postseason already against the Mariners. From this point forward, he's going to be lights out. He got that out of his system. He's going to be killer. So, you know, game one, it's already in the Astros' pocket. The Astros are going to just keep doing what they're doing, and the Yankees are just too inconsistent. And so that's that's the thing, Astros in five. That's a really good breakdown. Um, it's like classic, you know, is, 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 is rest better or is, you know, kind of rolling into the season having played a lot better? Traden, what do you what do you think this series is is going to play out? Yeah, I I'm I'm with you. I think the Yankees are have been exposed. Um, I think that the Astros, James, to your point, Justin Verlander has a bad game and they still win. I mean that that's that's the reality of it. The, the Astros team look different than the Dodgers situation, as I just mentioned, where they're maybe not complacency, but they seem to to rest on their laurels a little bit. This Astros team has every has every intention of showing the entire MLB fan base yo that I know that we may have you know we were caught cheating in that one year but that we we have something to prove now you want you want to see if we're actually good we have we're actually fucking good we're gonna slay the Yankees in five move on and we're gonna play either the Phillies or the Padres and the Astros are going to win their first World Series since their cheating scandal in a very Hopefully it, it turns out to be clean, but it seems like it's going to be a clean, not cheated World Series. I'm sure they're doing something. They got to be right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Alex, both James and Traden have the Astros in five. What do you got? Yeah, this Astros team is incredible. I mean, Jose Altuve is like not hitting at all, and they still swept the Mariners. Um, Jordan Alvarez might be the best left-handed hitter in baseball. Uh, that guy is an absolute tank. Uh, Astros and four. I just like the Yankees are not giving me any wow. reason to to give them any credit. Like Judge looked bad. Like obviously he he started better in the in these last couple of games, but with rain out and travel and all this shit, like I think you know trade mentioned. I think the Yankees have been kind of exposed for you know they're not really as good as we thought they were. Um, and that pitching staff of the Astros is so deep um i mean luis garcia pitched like eight innings in that relief game in game threes and he was a starter all year so yeah the astros are incredible um they're easily the best team left yeah no doubt i, I agree with you i i just think that this is kind of a similar to how the dodgers kind of entered the nlcs last year i think that that division series just drained them so much that kind of going into the next round i think this is the kind of similar situation with the yankees if, if both these teams had rest and they're both full strength and they're both playing really well, I think this would be a, a, a seven-game series. But I agree with you guys. I, I think the Astros will win this series. However, I'm going to give it six games. I think I think the Yankees are good for two wins in this series. I think Garrett Cole has looked really good this postseason so far. So you've got to expect they're going to win at least one of those starts, possibly even a, a, a second one. I think the Yankees will, will take two. But I think the Astros, like you guys mentioned, they're just, they're, they're just hands down the, 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 the best team left. I don't think they're going to have any problem beating the Yankees in a seven-game series. So I got Astros in six. Uh, so let's move on to the NLCS. If if you guys would have told me the freaking Padres and Phillies were going to be in the NLCS, I, 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 I mentioned this in my preview, I, I would have laughed. Was, there's no fucking way that's happening. It's pretty amazing, though, that we got the contrast of the one-two seeds in the NLCS and the bottom two, the, 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 the five-six seeds in the, in the NLCS. So, so we got a little bit of both for you. We, we got the favorites. We, we got the underdogs. So this is an underdog type series. It should be super fun to watch. Uh, game one right now is in the bottom of the ninth inning. The Padres are down by two. So we'll see what happens there. But Phillies, Padres, 
James, where do you see this series going? Like I said, I like the Phillies, guys. And I have the Phillies winning in six against the Padres. Uh, I think the Padres are in for an emotional hangover, and I'm really, really worried about that. Beating the Dodgers was big for them. They got to slay the dragon. They got to beat the older brother. Like, that was a huge win for them. And I think that might have exhausted them a little bit, like Alex had mentioned. Like, the hype for the games against the Phillies isn't the same. Like, the crowd isn't as in it as they were against the Dodgers because you always want to beat the Dodgers if you're a Padre. Do they play the Phillies very often? Not really. Like, the hype isn't there. And they have to create that own hype for themselves. And I don't think they can do it right now. They're coming out sluggish. They're coming out slow. They're taking their foot off the gas pedal a little bit. You do that against the Phillies, they're going to take advantage of it. Clutch hitting happens everywhere up and down this lineup. Bryce Harper hit amazing. Brandon Marsh, like who knew about him? I did because he was an Angels guy. But anybody else, nobody else knew about him. And yet in a big game, he had a three-run home run and a double. Like this guy is hitting. There's clutch hitting coming everywhere in this lineup. Take the gas, put off the gas pedal for one bit, one second, and then before you know it, the Padres, the Phillies are rolling all over the Padres. I got the Phillies in six. All right, Phillies in six. Trade in. I know you are on that Phillies bandwagon. Do you? Yeah, I'm on the bandwagon, but um, I'm gonna actually just say that the bandwagon I think is going to end, and I and I say and I say it because I've seen what happens when teams slay their dragon, and it's like an like it's like an entire weight falls off their back. And so I think that they act not that they're going to breeze through the Phillies. I think it's going to be a tough series. I think it's going to go seven, but I just have to think that you get, you got past that. And it's like, okay, now let's, now let's really settle in and, and win some, some baseball games without having to deal with this huge, you know, monkey on your back. I actually think that they can, they can squeak out in seven, but I don't love the pick. I think this, this game is, this series is going to go the distance. And that's why I said seven. So you got Padres in seven, Alex, Man, yeah, man, I, 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 I feel like you're on board with the Padres, but let me let, let me hear it. I'm out. I'm out on the Padres. Um, be, mostly because like what I what I talked about in the Dodgers series, like if the Dodgers had had two or three clutch hits, we would have swept the Padres like it wouldn't have, we would have won. I this Phillies lineup, like when they are all healthy and it seems like Bryce Harper is healthy, is probably deeper and better than what the Dodgers were bringing out with Chris Taylor, who couldn't hit anything. Trace Thompson looked terrible. Justin Turner looked terrible. Um, like, I really, like, I think this Phillies team has enough pitching. They get Wheeler and Nola lined up to now make two starts. Like, I generally think that there's a possibility that, you know, the the Phillies could, they'd win those four and lose the other one. So I'm going to agree with James. I'm going to go Phillies in six. Wow. All right. It's a tough one. It's, it's, it's really a toss up. Like I said, I, it's hard to imagine both teams being here, um, but, but they are. And I just feel like there's, there's so many cases for, 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 for both teams. Um, but I am going to go with the San Diego Padres to win this series in seven. I hope it goes seven. Um, it's going to be close. It's going to be back and forth. There's so many great pitching. There's so many great bats. Um, it looks like the Phillies might turn a double play. Oh, they fucked it up. They zooted it. <laughs> okay, Padres got first and second with one out in the bottom of ninth inning right now. Uh, so fucking playoff baseball, right? We gotta love that shit. I feel like it's gonna be like this all series long, boys. I think it's gonna be good, close, hard fought games. It's truly <laughs> gonna be the big bat in the big moment, and it could, honestly, it's 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 a toss up. But I got Padres in seven. 
So we will see where this series goes. We, we were evenly split on this one. We were unanimous in the ALCS. This one, we're, 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 we're split 2-2. So it'll be interesting to see how the series ends up. Obviously, depending on how these games go, we may or may not be done with, 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 with the series come next week, but we'll talk about it when we get there. But hopefully you guys are enjoying this wild October baseball. I think it's one of the most wild October postseason uh, runs we've had um, in recent memory. Um, but that's all we got for baseball this week. Stay tuned for more. Uh, when we when we see you next week. All right, Tyler. Thank you. Yeah, we are down to the final four. Um, you know, obviously two of us will be right and two of us will be wrong. So that'll be fun. Um, <laughs> or yeah. all of us will be wrong and the Yankees just like stun us. That is true. Yeah. Or the Yankees, or we could all just be wrong. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine that's going to happen. No. Never- this, the, the, the way this postseason is going. Listening, um, all of a bunch of power rankings are out, um, you know, for both, all for football, basketball, and hockey. Tyler's did some previews for the NLCS. I believe, assuming the ALCS one will be coming out at some point yeah. uh, soon this year. So, you know, if you want to give those a read, feel free. Um, again, yeah, thank you guys. Uh, reach out to us if um, we didn't talk about your hockey team enough. Um, if there are Coyotes fans, sorry. Uh, but we will <laughs> we will talk to you guys soon. Thanks again for listening.